The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Merry Christmas. Good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley and I am in studio with Brother Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland. These past couple of weeks, we've been talking about 12 indisputable truths. And this is, uh, we're, we're talking about these because we're looking at the Bible, the Hope and Encouragement Bible from our friends at Tyndale and Dayspring Publishing. They've given us some of these and in, in agreement to give some of these away. We told them we would do a study from there. We've done this before with some of the other Bibles they provided. It's from the New Living Translation. It's from Genesis through Revelation. I want to be clear, no scriptures left out or anything to, to look at these topics. But these are some topics that are they take and they run the threads through the Old and New Testament to look at some of the different ways that we, you know, the truths that are there. So far, we've talked about you are loved, you are not alone, you are known, you are important, you are forgiven was one of my favorite ones. You are special. You have purpose. And now today we're going to talk about you are held. Now, guys, when when we think about this, and uh, by the way, Bert Harper, Alex McFarland in here, I get started and, and I don't think to stop and, and I'm just ready to move on to the topic. But let me say good afternoon to you guys. Good afternoon, brother. Good afternoon, Jim. It is good to be with you. And again, we make much of this, but it's it's fun to be in the studio together. A lot of times we're, uh, Alex especially, having to be remote, but when he's here, uh, it's, it's just enjoyable. And so I'm looking to forward to this, the eighth uh, indisputable truth. I am held. Right. What in the world does that mean? When you think about that, you think about a child being held by a mom or a dad, and so, too, we know that we have a father who loves us and holds us. In fact, in Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 15 says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba. Father, And when we think about that, Abba is the tender name of God, if you will. You know, um, it'd be like daddy. You know, father would be the more for formal term. You know, when your child comes in and they say father, you're like, okay, you know, what do you want? And then when they come in and say daddy, you know, it's probably pretty safe. Yeah. You know, but unless there's the emphasis, daddy. Daddy, and then you know the other shoes about to fall. Perspective of every, even the voice, yeah. But in this instance, we know that um, because we can call him Abba Father, verse 16 goes on to say, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in his glory, we must also share his suffering. And we've talked about that. You know, we talked about um, that if we're going to be a child of God, we know that sometimes we're going to be hated for that. Well, if we're going to be a child of God, if we're going to count on God to hold us, then we also need to be willing 
to share in some of the times that we need to go back and get him to hold us. Does that make sense? It does. And I asked that question because it were held tenderly, you know, mm-hmm. like a father or mother holding a child, but were held with a grip mm-hmm. as well. You know, I, I look at that as double word meaning. Uh, now, it's not contrast, but it is similar. But he holds on to us, you know. Uh, we It's not us holding on to him, right. but he holds us in the hollow of his hand. Remember that? Oh, I like that. It does. And so uh, that's where we are with God. He cares for us. He's tender. He's loving. And he has provision. And when I think of the word held, guys, I do have to think of the word protection, that he is our protector. He's our shield. And the psalmist is filled with those word pictures. And so we are held today. If you're feeling all alone, this is, you know what today is? Christmas Eve's Eve. Uh, in other words, the 23rd. 23rd. Yeah. Now, you've never heard that before, Christmas. I have, okay. in fact. Okay. And uh, this is the 23rd, and so we're coming up on Christmas really, really soon. And for some, they're getting more excited than ever. Mm-hmm. And with others, it is very difficult. And so that's why we're coming along here on the radio. This is when the radio becomes that friend. Right. We hear people say it all the time. Thank God for AFR because you're there when a lot of others are not there. And we're thankful that we're able to be here on this this 23rd of, of December so that people can feel that God does hold them. He does care for them, and he has protection for them. So, Jim, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this, this, this indisputable truth. Well, you know, one of the things that just I think about is uh, security in Jesus, permanence. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, isn't it something that um, in life, you know, a a friendship can be damaged if we do something wrong. Uh, You know, people, relationships, careers, a lot of things can happen beyond repair. But with Jesus, we are held and we are stable and we are secure in Jesus. May I read a scripture? Absolutely. And, and there's one phrase in particular that, that I want to bring out in talking about how we're held. Seems like, at least me, I've, uh, as we've gone through these truths and purpose, and uh, I've been in the book of Ephesians a lot. I want to read something from Ephesians 1. And, and as we get near Christmas, oh my goodness, my favorite time of year because. It's the coming of Jesus. But Ephesians 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now listen to this. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Mm, Amen. Accepted. That means received, embraced, welcomed into the family, and yes, secure in Christ. Aren't you glad as a Christian, warts and all, that we are, quote, accepted in the beloved? I can picture that showing up. 
at Matthew's party, you know, the apostle Matthew gave, uh, you know, for his friends, and we show up, and they say, come on in. Yeah. I mean, Alex, now that's, I get that. Come on in, uh, Alex. Come on in, Jim. Mm-hmm. Come on in, Bert. You have come with Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You're accepted in the Beloved. So that that invitation is for everyone, mm-hmm. and that acceptance is given to those who respond to that invitation with, right. yes, I trust you. Another scripture that goes along with that is John 10, 29 and 30. You know these as well. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. We're in his hand, and that security that we have in him, I'm in the Father, and I and my Father are one. I don't know if you picture that or not, but I picture myself in Christ's hand, and then it says I and my Father are one. The Father puts his hand over me, and here I am. I am secure in Jesus and and our Heavenly Father. And so we are held by him, and he is that secure in him. You said a security, permanence. Mm -hmm. Alex, you used that word. Jim, it's not a fleeting thing with God. It is a desire of God, not just thinking of us. Uh, Incidentally, he thinks about us purposely, and that's why he holds us. And you was talking about a father holding that child. Uh, Jen and I have three sons, and to this day, uh, as they've gotten older, all of them are in their 40s now, I remember the first time I held every one of them. Yeah. I mean, uh, that holding that child in your hand, and then uh, we started having grandchildren. And, you know, I'd just put up with boys, and all of a sudden our oldest grandchild was a girl, Chrisley. And I said, can I hold her? I didn't know if you held a little girl the same way you <laughs> held a little boy or not. But I held her in my hands, in my arms, and not only is it pleasurable to be held, that child to be held, but it's pleasurable for the one holding them. Yeah. God takes pleasure in holding us close to him, Jim. You know, for me, whenever I hold a baby or, or a child like that, um, I, I joke with the moms and I say, well, I've got a king size bed, you know, for him to come and lay on my chest. And, uh, but, there is a sensation of peace that overtakes you as you hold that baby. Amen. Now, if the baby's upset and you calm the baby down, you both begin to be at peace. And then when that baby goes to sleep, you know, and you're just sitting there holding that sleeping child and you see the trust that they have in you, because if yeah. they didn't trust yeah. you, then they wouldn't be still and let you hold them. And so uh, that sensation of peace that overcomes you. I can remember uh, with my daughter that I would would go and I would go to hold her, and we had a recliner that was a rocking recliner. Well, once she went to sleep, that recliner would go back, and I'd find that Daddy was taking a nap (laughs) along with the daughter. And so uh, we, we know those things of peace, and we have that because of the relationship, because we are to be at peace, because we have the peace 
that passes understand us, uh, understanding that lives in us. Have you ever had a baby like clutch you? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're holding a baby and that baby kind of drifts off to sleep. And, you know, I've held a lot of babies and I think of Benjamin, my nephew, who's now grown, but he would grab my pinky finger and squeeze it and just clutch us. And, you know, um, being a parent or a grown up, you love a child and there's just an instinct. I mean, you would stand in front of a locomotive to mm. protect that child. You love that child. You would lay down your life to protect that child. Well, that's how the good Lord loves us. I mean, we could and should clutch to Jesus because, goodness, as we humans can love a baby, think mm. how much infinitely more the Heavenly Father loves us. It brings joy. To him. Now, think about it. For the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Right. The joy of having us, the the joy he brings, the song about Jesus, uh, you know, little little baby Jesus, you know, away in a manger. And we sing of the, the Christ child. It brings joy to us to hear that story. But God gets joy in that. I, I, I know I'm, I'm repeating myself on that, but I want you to understand today, those of you who are listening, that you bring joy to our Heavenly Father when we are close to him. Draw near to God, for mm-hmm. he draws near to you. Yeah. He, he wants us in that, in that relationship, guys. It's that kind of relationship. It is a pleasurable relationship that cost is that you know what i mean it may cost us but it is pleasurable amen we are held by him we are and we're who gonna, holds all things who holds all things <laughs> we're going to talk about that a little bit more as exploring the word continues i'm jim stanley in with brother bert harper dr alex mcfarland and we'll be back as we continue our discussion of 12 indisputable truths here on afr Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley in with Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. By the way, I want to remind you that Alex is available to come to your community for ministry, for uh, apologetics teaching. Just, you know, I mean, hey, he's a good guy. He'll come for pretty much anything you want him to. And you can find out information on how to do that at alexmcfarland.com. You're very Alexmcfarland.com. Bert Harper and Jan, they also travel, his wife Jan, and uh, you can find out more about them at foundationsrepairingthefoundations.net. You got it. All right. And uh, Jan and I love to do that. We do conferences, marriage conferences, uh, family revivals, uh, retreats. We enjoy that. We really do. Now, Alex, there is not necessarily a size requirement for you to come, is there? No, I will go. I have preached in front of two people, and audience is larger than that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, never. I, I was going to say, I can remember a time when I was with the Salvation Army. I had Sunday school, 
because one guy showed up. There you go. Now, we'd have 20 or 30 show up, you know, for the morning service. But as far as Sunday school, I could count on one man showing up. And because we were faithful to that one man, then we had more begin to come to Sunday school. One of my favorite old stories is about a rural church back before, you know, you had central heat and air. It was a pot-bellied stove. Now, some people don't even know what those are. But there was this one snowy, icy morning. The only people that showed up was the man who always built the fire and the preacher. Hmm. And so they were up there, and they were talking about what to do and whether to preach or not. And the guy who built the fire said to the pastor, said, Pastor, you know, if you had a herd of cows— and only one cow came up, would you feed it? And he said, yes. He said, well, I'm ready to be fed. <laughs> and then he got up there, and the preacher preached and preached and preached. And after it was over, the guy went to the back door. So the guy that built a fire came to the back door, and he said, about that analogy, I don't think you would have given that cow the whole load. <laughs> and so uh, I love that story. So you have to you have to consider where you are and who's there. That's right. Well, we're talking today, uh, we've been talking about these 12 indisputable truths that are found in the Bible, and the one we're talking about today is you are held. And so I, I told the guys that I had a song that I wanted to share, and it's not a, um, it's not a Christian song per se, uh, but it, it's one of those songs that you find every now and then that there, there are truths in. And so this one is by Holly Dunn. And I can remember, I remember hearing this. I remember singing along with it on the radio, but it was released in 1986 and it's still played on country stations today, but it's called Daddy's Hands. And it starts off, I remember Daddy's hands folded silently in prayer and reaching out to hold me when I had a nightmare. You could read quite a story and the calluses and lines that years of work and worry had left their mark behind. I remember Daddy's hands, how they held my mama tight and patted my back for something done right. There are things that I'd forgotten that I loved about the man, but I'll always remember the love in Daddy's hands. Daddy's hands were soft and kind when I was crying. Daddy's hands were hard as steel when I'd done wrong. Daddy's hands weren't always gentle, but I've come to understand there was always love in daddy's hands mm. the song goes on and i won't read i won't share the rest of it <clears throat> but in thinking about that you know the part there where it says daddy's hands were soft and kind when i was crying and that's what we've talked about so far is being held by god being held by christ because of the great love that he has for us but then daddy's hands were hard as steel when i'd done wrong if you look in the scripture and you look at hebrews there's, there's that's where that, my mind was going. Was, there's that line. You know, if we expect to be held in the good times, then we should also expect to be held to the standard and be disciplined when we've done something wrong. And so this is, um, <clears throat> pardon me, in Hebrews 12, 4, it says, After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's different discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. 
As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father. If Mm. God doesn't discipline you as he does his other children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? Mm. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Whom he loves, he disciplines. Uh, He really does. And, you know, the discipline of a father is love, Mm -hmm. the correct discipline. And that's the reason God does not discipline us with a hand that is so harsh that it does so much damage, but he disciplines us correctly. That brings about correction. Mm-hmm. The The purpose of discipline is correction, and yeah. he yeah. holds us to that. And, and a, a parent disciplines when they love. By the way, Dr. Dobson used to say that for um, you know families where there's just no no standards, no boundaries, no accountability— that in in the mind of the child, that translates as that they don't really matter and that they're not really cared about. Um, do you know Hebrews talks about respecting the heavenly Father? We had earthly fathers that discipline us, like you read. Um, I, I honestly think that uh, you know people will jokingly say, "Well, come on, this is not rocket science," right. or, or they'll say, "You know, I don't understand physics or algebra or whatever." Here's the thing that I think the human mind has the most trouble understanding, and that's unconditional love. I mean, if if there's one thing the human mind is almost incapable of grasping, it is grace. And the the thing is that, yes, God does sometimes reprimand us. God does sometimes allow us to take so much rope we nearly hang ourselves. But then he acts redemptively. And if we will trust him and let him, we, we trust him in that he doesn't abandon us or throw us under the bus. God holds us, but he does that perfect work of shaping us, stretching us, growing us, and he always, always acts redemptively, not in rejection, but in re- redemption. God always loves us unconditionally. You know, we're called sheep not because— we're lovely. It's because sheep are kind of honorary and uh, have no sense of direction. They have no sense of danger. So when God calls us sheep, it's not a real big compliment there, guys. I, you know, But, you know, the shepherd would find a place to keep the sheep. And it has several words that were used in the vernacular in those days. One of them was the keep, and a, one of them was the hold. You know, and and you do you remember it was be like kind of a a wall, and there would be one opening. You remember where the shepherd would always sleep if he had those sheep in there. He would he would sleep in the place where they could escape. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. slept there, so they would have they were held there. They were kept there, and you remember. The scripture says he leaves the 90 and 9 to go get the one. Right, yes. Guess where he leaves them? He leaves them in the hold. He leaves them in that space. Now, he leaves them there to go get the one. That's how important the one is. Right. And I I believe on this this day, there's some people out there that feel like they're the one. In other words, they're forgotten. Uh, They're uh, hanging on 
barely hanging on. God is desiring to go and receive you and get you and bring you back in the fold. He wants you there so he can keep you in the hold. He can keep you safe and secure, permanent. He desires that. But guess what he does with that sheep that is keeps on wandering? He breaks their leg, and then he carries them. He, he has, uh, you know, a little blanket that he carries the, ch- uh, the sheep with him. You've seen mothers carry their babies like right. that in that route that they have. He would have that sheep there that he would, he would hold to him as they were walking. He disciplined them in order for them to, him to be close to him. Right. So God's discipline, as we were talking about, that the hand of God and is is always for correction, but it's always also for closeness. He we can draw near to Him because He's drawing near to us. Well, and I think that it's important that we know that there are rules. Now we do understand unconditional love, mm-hmm. and we see the grace that plays out in our lives every day. But at the same time, we know that why would we expect to get away with everything? You know, why would mm-hmm. we expect as, as Christ followers, as children of the living God, why would we expect to be able to continue to do things that we know aren't good for us? And, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, uh, that, it, you know, there are sins that lead unto death. Now, it may not be eternal death because if, if we belong to Christ, but it may be that, you know, if we continue to drink uh, to abuse, then that can lead to cirrhosis of the liver, and you're going to die. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't live without that liver. Uh, there are other things that you can do that will continue to hurt the body. Uh, it doesn't, and so we, we have to be careful about that, don't we? Well, Hebrews ten twenty six says, if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for judgment and fiery indignation. Mm. Now, I've, I've always thought it was interesting. I don't want to get us off track, uh, but after Hebrews ten twenty five, that basically says, <clears throat> don't stop going to church. Uh, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You need to be in church. Then it said to the individual, if we sin willfully after knowing the truth, and I, I do think backsliddenness and carelessness and willful sin, we're susceptible to that if we're not going through the disciplines of being a, a Christian. But, um, you know, just like a child that's disobedient is kind of looking over their shoulder because is mom and dad what? Did they see what I just did? Mm-hmm. Um, listen, don't walk. I, and I'm talking to born-again believers here. I'm assuming you've trusted Christ. You're a believer. So we're not questioning sonship, but we're talking about fellowship. Uh, don't be resisting the Lord. It's a joyful thing to walk in, in harmony mm-hmm. and peace with <clears throat> your loving Savior. You know? It is. And uh, I, let me say this. Moses was, his age was uh, was 120 when God took him, you know, and buried him. You know, he took his life. and But it says his physical abilities were strong. His eyes were not faded or dimmed. Dim. He was made to go in to the promised land. God had kept him alive. 
but and he was a son of God. He was a follower of God. But because of sin, of striking the stone, the rock, a second time when mm. God said directly, don't hit it again, right. speak to it. There are things in our life when we ourselves cut short what God had in mind for us. Yeah. And and so that's willful. Some of it is willful to the point where they really children, or is it willful to the point where God cannot use us as completely as we could have been used? I hope you catch oh, the absolutely. difference there. And so he disciplines us. And just like I used that reference about the sheep and it wandering, and he breaks that, it's because it's still a sheep, and he breaks that leg so he won't wander. God is doing what he can do to keep you from doing those uh, habitual sins. God is doing what he can do in order to turn you back to him and love him. Is it possible to be taken out early? When you don't respond to that? You remember the Bible asked the question, will a man rob God? We rob ourselves. Mm. We rob ourselves of blessings, don't we? (laughs) Sometimes. Well, we do. I mean, and when you look at that, when you think about that, we do rob ourselves because we take ourselves out of the position of promise. We take ourselves out of the position of fellowship. And if we have taken ourselves out of the position of fellowship, you know, with God, then we are not getting those blessings that we would if we were in fellowship. We, we don't want to come to the point that we dread talking to God, that we dread going to see our Father. And, I mean, you think about that in your earthly life where some, there's a conflict that has come up between you and your dad, and there's not that fellowship. You know there's still the love. You know you're still their son. You know you're still their daughter. But that fellowship isn't there. It's strained. And with our Heavenly Father, we don't want to see that. We don't want to come to that point where we see that that relationship has become strained. You know, in First John, and you guys hear me say this all the time, uh, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> I liken that if we walk in the light as he is in the light. You know, if we walk in the dark, what's going to happen? You know, try going at rearranging the living room and then walking through there. You have these early alert sensors called toes. And <laughs> when, when you bang them, you know you've gone a way that you ought not have gone. I, you know, my little toes on each foot, I know I've broken each one of those half a dozen times. Right. <laughs> you. Oh, yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. We don't want to come to that point that we lose that fellowship. Well, today we're talking about being held as one of the indisputable truths that we've been covering this these past couple of weeks. And we'll continue with more of that as American Family Radio's Exploring the Word continues straight ahead. American Family Radio, Jim Stanley, along with Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. And we're talking about 12 indisputable truths 
And we, we've gotten these from the uh, Hope and Encouragement Bible from our friends at Dayspring Nintendo House Publishing. And so we're going to be giving some of these Bibles away. And as I mentioned on another program, we're going to have a random drawing of these. And so if you'll give us your name and address, then what we'll do is we'll take and uh, I'll number those one through, you know, ever how many. And then I'll tell the randomizing program to pick out so many numbers and it begins to just put those numbers out, and I go back and I say, "Okay, there we go." And so uh, there's no, there's nothing hidden. I, no I just, partiality. No partiality. No no special rules or anything. Uh, I would ask that you only email once, uh, and and I say that and with the gentlest of heart that I can. And so today we've been talking about you are held, and we've we've likened it to being held in the arms of a father where we take the hand of the father and he leads us where we should go. We've also talked about the discipline of the father. We talked about the intimacy of being able to call him Abba father. And, and as we think about this, I want to take you one more place if I can. And, and you guys, of course, you have things that you want to say too. So don't misunderstand me. But in this scripture, we're looking at Jeremiah the 18th chapter and beginning at verse one, it says, this is the message that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. I will give you my message there. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working with clay at the wheel. He was making a pot from clay, but there was something wrong with the pot. So the potter used that clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. Did you notice that he was working on one pot and said, man, I, I, I must not have enough clay. You know, I, evidently something's not going to quite work out here. So he uses those hands, forms another lump of clay from the existing clay and says, I'm going to make this kind of pot instead. Hmm. The intimate knowledge that God has for you as a child of God and the plans that he has for you are known to him. And, you know, we, we sing the song in church, thou art the potter, I am the clay. You know, we have to be willing to let ourselves be molded and to be used by God for the purposes he has. But think about the intimate knowledge that God has of you. Well, you know that song, Thou art the potter, I am the clay, mold me and make me, this I pray. Mm -hmm. But you know that song? It's Change My Heart, O God. You remember how it opens? And sometimes to let Christ be the potter, let God be God in our life, we have to change. And, And it begins, I believe, with trust. We could all say this. I think we could go a long time. You can trust God. I, I, I want to tell you, you can trust God with your dreams, with your disappointments, with your plans that didn't pan out. You can trust God with your future. You can trust God with your marriage. You can trust God with your finances. I want to tell you something. I, I'm living proof. God's plan is a thousand times better than any scheme you could have dreamed up for yourself. Mm, amen. I, I, I want to I tell you something. Growing up, I, believe me, I had plans, and I thank God 
that 99% of my plans never came true, but I experienced something over the last 35 years called God's plan, and it's a good plan, and we can trust God. And I'm so thankful that we, as each Christian, are held in his hands. Amen. You're talking about the potter. Uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas is one unique place. It's uh, it's it's just a neat uh, town there. And uh, we've, Jen and I have visited there, but we had one of the men there had a ministry of pottery. And uh, he would come to churches. So he came to the church where I was pastoring. And he sits up his pottery and everything, and people are there in the congregation. They're watching him, and he's talking about that passage, a scripture about mm-hmm. being in the potter's hand. And I remember that man. He had done everything. He was talking about how God handles and how God takes care of us. He takes us the texture, and he knows what how much water to put on. He knows everything like that. And he had one nearly finished. And all of a sudden, he puts his hand up the top and just crushes it mm. and yeah. starts all over again. Yeah. And and it really, it crushes you. You thought, man, he's, he's, he's nearly through. But he said, did you not see that little area? In in the in the clay mm-hmm. that was not right. It was a, a blemish. It was something that the potter decided. Now I'm I'm going to start with the same clay. He didn't bring on another right. clay uh, substance. He used the same clay, but he made a different shape. See, we are the clay. Right. So the potter can shape it the desire he wants to. It can be an urn. Uh, it, it could be a vase. It could be a bowl. That's his business. Do you know why the potter will reshape the bowl? Do you know why he will reshape the pot? That he'll take what may be nearly finished and he'll start all over? Because that blemish could cause it to shatter when it meets the fire. Mm. When there it, be an air pocket in there? There could be an air pocket in there. Uh, for whatever reason, it would cause that not to be able to stand the heat of the kiln. And so because of that, it has to be redone. That's the difference in, in pottery and ceramics. Ceramics is already something that's been treated. And you go in and you're doing the paint and you're doing the different things there. And then it goes back into the kiln to finish the glaze to make it pretty. But you've already got the thing that's been formed. You don't reform it. You may make some shapes in it, but you don't reform it. But the potter is the one that has the ability to reshape and remake things. That, that's wild. That's powerful. That is very powerful. He's. Can I say I've had some air pockets in my life? Amen. <laughs> wow. And that's wow. true. You know, you it think is. about that. It yeah. is. He's had to reshape me again and again and again. We're. I'm mindful of the time when this is this is being played. We have people who are listening that feel all alone. Uh, they feel shattered. Mm-hmm. They feel crushed. Uh, you're still the clay, and the potter's still working. Uh, that that little children's song. He's still working on me. Right. He is still working on you. I don't care if you're 90 years old or if you're 19 years old. He's still working on you to make what you ought to be. So let that potter 
Uh, he cares for you. He knows what he's doing. We can trust him, can't we, Alex? Well, we can. Hey, have you ever been in one of those vitamin stores? Like, Oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's a place for that. And sometimes, you know, food supplements and vitamins and those things are good. But um, what would you – let's say you're hungry, you're famished, uh, and you could go in – there's two rooms. There's a room with a, uh, bottles full of vitamins. Or then over here is a buffet with – meat and vegetables and bread and dessert and all the trimmings. If, if you're hungry, you're not going to want to pop some vitamin pills. You want to get a plate and go through the buffet, right? Now, I think about our loving Lord who um, we needed restoration. Mm. We needed to be forgiven. The Bible talks about purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. And he will, uh, the old King James uses the word succor, the, the suffering. In other words, nurse us back to health and fill us and clothe us with the best robe and kill the fatted calf. All right. God didn't just say, okay, I'll wipe away their guilt. No, God sent Jesus. Our Savior not only created the solar system, but he made animals and humans. I think about this. Our, our Savior is an artist. He made rhinoceroses, giraffes, and bunnies mm. and butterflies. And he not only created time, he gave us Christmas. I mean, you think about this. Our most beloved memories um, from Christmas Eve service where we sing Silent Night to Grandma's Kitchen where we smell cinnamon bread cooking to maybe... A Christmas tree where you had a memory as a child. We serve the God who's not only a creator and a savior, but an artist mm. and a baby in a manger and a cross on a mountain and a tomb that's now empty. And you, listen, friends, God knows your name. God loves you supremely. We, we, we simply do not have adjectives sufficient to describe how much God loves you, but he loves you. And isn't it wonderful that God has written a story and we can be a part of it? And Almighty God, whoever you are, God says, I want you in my story and I want to be in your story because he loves us. It's it's just amazing. Um, That's why I know there's all these religions and there's Islam and there's um, meditation. There's all these things. And yet here's Christianity in a bleak, dark empty world, there is this glorious panorama mm. called the gospel story. Amen. That's why songwriters have composed Joy to the World and the Hallelujah Chorus. That's why painters painted and C.S. Lewis wrote, and that's why Billy Graham traveled the world, and that's why uh, each of us can humbly bow our heart and say, thank you, God, for loving me. You are invited into, quite literally, the greatest story ever told. Amen. You know, when we think about being held, as we've talked about today, you are held. I want to finish. Scripture has been really great through all of this. You know, we've we've talked about different passages. There's another passage that I want to share, and uh, we'll have a couple of minutes to chat about it as well. But in Romans 8, 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity 
or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. And Paul goes on to say, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, guys, I can take and I can grip your arm and you can grip my arm and I can hold you up for a while. You know, if one of us is falling, I can hold you up for a while. But at some point, my strength is going to give out. Your strength is going to give out. And we're going to let go of each other. And we're going to be separated. But look at the picture that's painted here. That nothing, and, and you think of the world's strongest, strongest welds that we have now. I mean, Come on, guys. Even the Mississippi <laughs> River Bridge cracked, you know, and you think about how long that weld had been there. Well, then it had problems. Now, they went back and repaired it. Don't misunderstand me. But we're talking about something that will stand the test of eternity, that nothing will ever separate us from that. You want to talk about being held? Brother, that's better than super glue. <laughs> Amen. I- Amen. Isaiah 41 Verse uh, 13 carries that out. Listen to this. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. Mm. It's not us holding on to his. It is him holding on to us. That is security. That is permanence. That is care that he cares for you. You remember that song, No One Ever Cared for Me Like Jesus. We can say that today. I mean, as much as the Bible refers to God as a loving father, and it also says a nursing mother. You remember mm-hmm. a few passages? A nursing mother holding that child whole, close to give them what they need at that time. And this is what God desires. He knows what to give us when we need it, that hand of discipline or that hand of mercy. He knows what he's doing. We can trust him. And and I, I would say, I think that's what this is all about, that you can trust the hand of God. Mm-hmm. He guides us with his hand. Amen. You know, he really does. He, he guides us. He pushes us over a little bit. He pushes us that way, and we can trust him. He is the God that knows me and knows what I need. You remember that? Song, my father is rich in houses and lands. He holds the sum of the world of his, in his hands, and he holds us in his hands. And I found that, you know, when um, you're in a tough place, um, and, you know, sometimes even during the holidays, people have people make trips to the hospital. <laughs> you know, stuff happens even during Christmas. I'm going to tell you something. When you hit bottom, <laughs> you'll find Christ is there to catch you. Amen. Remember what Betsy Ten Boom told her sister, Corey, when they were in that Nazi prison camp? 
there's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Amen. He holds us. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Folks, you are held. That is an indisputable truth. And those are what we've been talking about these past couple of weeks. And we will continue our conversation tomorrow as we look forward to exploring the word. Tell someone about Jesus today.